Thank you, everyone. We're going to get started here in about 30 seconds. So if you'll grab your seat. And we have a few questions. My wife and I are going to read a few questions and ask Pastor Darrell and Pastor Tracy to just give their perspective, to speak into each of these questions. And it's it's our hope because we've asked God to show up by his Holy Spirit and help. So it's our hope and our expectation that God will meet each one of you, no matter whether we read your question or not. There's something here for all of us. Okay. So let's begin. First question. How do you move forward if the pain from your spouse's adultery is overwhelming? Mm -hmm. There's adultery in the relationship. It's created a high degree of pain. How does a couple move forward? Mm -hmm. Well, Well, you go ahead and answer that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that pain very well. And that's a very difficult place. There's a couple things. While you're moving into the word of God, only Jesus can heal you. And I love what pastor said, because that trust and forgiveness, I'm very careful with teaching that because that's like a five part series in and of itself, because that hits you deep. Um, Trust and forgiveness, number one, you have to forgive. You have to take it to the cross, but that pain is very real. Number one, you have to decide, is that person going to stop committing that adultery? That's the first thing. Are you ready to get right? If they're not ready to get right, you go on with the Lord, you get help, you get counsel, but you're going to have to establish boundaries and you're going to need help in establishing those boundaries and what it is now going to look, for, look like for you living at home. So that's the first thing, a cycle of sin. You cannot rebuild trust. You can't heal as a couple until the cycle of sin is broken. So you can't go into a well that's going to hurt you, into that place that's going to hurt you. It's not going to help you. You go on with Jesus. You look to Jesus for your healing. You reach out for help. Um, If there is any kind of adultery anywhere, if the adultery has been cut off, people, we have to safeguard our marriages. So while we're close to God, Daryl and I are very intentional about safeguarding our marriages. If you try to get me on social media, don't be offended. I'm not going to respond back to you because I don't participate. All of our... We have three people that are tied to our social media accounts. We do that on purpose. We do it deliberately. Um, We just put a lot of safeguards in place. So if an adultery has been committed, there's going to have to be safeguards there. You're going to need counsel to help you get through. God will heal your heart, but you're going to need help getting through that. Because the pain is so great, and what it starts to do is suffocate your faith. So you need help. The body of Christ, God never said he would never give you anything that you can't handle. That was too heavy. I don't know who came up with that because that's not biblical. The word of God says that we come along as the body of Christ and we help bear each other's burdens and we lift each other up so you can breathe and not get crushed under the burdens. Get help, get counsel, get in the word of God, put up safeguards, put up boundaries, and you decide where you go from there. Can you speak quickly? You, you touched on something that's social media because we've experienced a lot of couples who one spouse has found out, was on the email, went on the oh. phone. So the other one gets offended, one, because they were on the device and yeah. found it. And then how do you safeguard your marriage when you say this person is just a friend? Mm-hmm. You got to be careful with just a friend. I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> If I could get rid of technology altogether, I would be out of a job, praise the Lord. So we got to settle this thing. You're either honest or you're not. 
and you know when you're not doing right. Bible says your own sin will find you out as we discussed. It doesn't say how, as Pastor D said. It doesn't say how it's going to find you out. So you cannot blame your spouse for finding out and your sin being revealed through your spouse and saying, well, you don't trust me and you shouldn't be on up in there. What are you afraid of revealing? You're either honest or you're not. And if you're in the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you. Because when you get deep in the word of God, he can't be in my presence all the time. And it's too tiring for me. to. I'm not his babysitter. I'm his wife. The Holy Spirit is going to keep him. I'm not going to keep him. The Holy Spirit is going to keep him. Because there's always going to be something cuter, finer, skinnier, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> something is going to appear. So we've got to be careful about that. So when it comes to the technology portion or the emails... You don't, I don't have friendships with people of the other sex. I don't do that. I'm not trying to be on Facebook for people to find me or talk to ex-boyfriends. They're an ex for a reason, and you are currently where you are for a reason. Amen? We got to live right where we're at. Come on. Go ahead, honey. Go ahead. Because I'm going to start kind of going, I can feel myself kind of the tone of my, go ahead. All right. Go ahead, Lita. Go ahead, Carol, go ahead. That right. ship is starting to go. Come on, help. <laughs> I need help up here. Come on. Because <laughs> I'll go there. Calm down. Calm down. All right, honey. Thank you. <laughs> I submit. I submit. <laughs> that, that's, so, that's so good, though, but you got to get to the understanding. See, what we all have to get to the understanding, too, with that. There's no secrets with God. Mm-hmm. There's no secrets with Jesus. Mm-hmm. We all think we're getting away with something. You're not getting away. You think about John Ford, the woman at the well. Jesus told her about her five husbands, said the one you with now is not your husband. Mm-hmm. So that means he knows everything. Mm-hmm. I remember when he called me, he said, by the way, dear, I need to tell you, I saw everything you were doing. Mm-hmm. So we think we think we're getting away with these little, you know, secrets and there's no getting away. You know, you, you need to, you need to just come clean with yourself and get well, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and, and if social media is a problem for you, stay off of it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not for everybody. God bless you. Amen. You know, if internet's a problem for you, stay off of it. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a computer cause I don't even want to be tempted by the devil. <laughs> I, hey, hey, I'll just keep it real. You know, whatever work I need to do, it comes, Come whatever work I need to do, it comes through one email with me and my wife, the same email. That's good. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to ever be deceived again. Mm-hmm. Some of you have been in that place and you stay in that place being deceived. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a little, she, oh, oh, she's just this. That's my, I know her from school. You know, and? You know, some of you got to ask yourself that. You know, you got to get real with yourself about that. See, I had to get real with myself about that social media stuff and this and that. And what, what am I looking at? I remember I got, I remember when Facebook first came out and I got on Facebook and I had 5,000 friends. She was like, you don't know 5,000 people. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I need to get rid of this. <laughs> and I got rid of it. <laughs> It's just the way it was, you know. It's, a, it's just the way some, some of us have to, you know, come to that real reality that I need to cut this off. Amen. This is going to cause problems in my household. Yes. 
And you might not even be doing it, but if it's going to cause problems in my household, I don't need it. Amen. You know? That's good. So how can a man stay encouraged when he's lost his job and at the moment can no longer provide for his family in the way that he desires? Mm. At the same time, this loss of employment and his lack of provision has caused his wife to respond to him in a what he deems to be a disrespectful way. Yeah. And it's changed the way she treats him. Okay, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point because, you know, for me, when I was at the bottom of the pail, Tracy lifted me up regardless of what I was. She had everything. She had the car. She, did, she never looked down on me and says, well, you're a loser. Everybody else has already said that, you know. If we want to be real, she was the one who says, God's got a plan for you. You just got to keep pursuing. You got to keep the faith. You got to keep believing. You got to keep trusting. And that encouraged me because I was already beaten up by everything else and everyone else saying, well, you, you're nothing, you know. And, and she says, we're going to get through it. She took care of me. Hallelujah. You hear that, ladies? She took care of me because she believed in me. You, if you married to him, you believed in him a long time ago when you first got there. So why all of a sudden... Why all of a sudden hard times come and you don't believe no more? Yes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't until, you know, she, she took care of me until I can get on my feet. And you go, that's what, that's what, when I say I do, when you say you do, that means you take all of it. Mm -hmm. The good, bad, and the ugly. Like a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take it all, you know. Because it's all going to come, you know, because the Bible <laughs> talks about it. The Bible talks about the trials and tribulations, yes. you know, that we all going to yes. go through. Somebody's going to go through some trials and tribulations. Just because your husband goes through a trial and tribulation doesn't mean God is done with him. Mm -hmm. You know, you got, you, you have to, as the woman in that relationship, you have to encourage him. Baby, it's going to be all right. She used to do that to me. Baby, it's going to be all right. I used to be there, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I totally hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to go through that. I had to go through that. Yes. You know, you had to go through that, you know, and sometimes you got to go through that. Doesn't mean your husband's, you know, because he's un don't have a job and, you know, and, and hard times are falling, don't mean, you know, he's not a good man. Right. That's good. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's this. It's a storm. We have storms in life. Either you're in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or a storm is on the way. That's it. All of us are going to go through that. Very true. Just remember that. It's a storm. Either you're in the midst of one, you don't have a job, a storm is on the way in somebody else, or you coming out of a storm. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got to look at life, man. We just can't, we can't beat the situation down and say, well, you know, just because you're out, mm -hmm. you know, you're no good. You know, you're a loser. You're not a loser. God, does, God doesn't look at none of us like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think, too, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. If, you're, if you lived in this lifestyle here and someone's lost a job and you have to sell everything and you have to downsize, you're going to have to let God rock your comfort. Yeah. Because Daryl and I had to go through that, too. We've had everything and lost everything twice, all the way down so bad to where we had to live in our parents' basement. But he was still my husband. As long as I have him and God in the center, we're going somewhere. So good. That's tweetable for us. 
That's tweetable. Somebody will have somebody tweet for me. I'm <laughs> How can we re, um, remind and help our spouse to look good for us, i.e., lose weight, stay fit, and continue to be attractive? It's a valid that's, question. That's a that's a very good question. You know, you know, it's like you got to remember when you got together with her, gentlemen. You, know, you got to remember, when you said I do, you meant I do. Whatever comes through the pipeline. You know, too many of us want to go back, you know, when things start to look a little different. You said I love you from when, when we walked down that aisle. I love you. I love you for who you are and what you are. And that's what you need to mean in your heart. Regardless if, you know, you start seeing some different kind of looks and love handles and everything. Because you're going to get them too. <laughs> Yeah, we all gonna get them. You just need to, your day is coming. Just, just wait. Just wait when your hair start falling out. Just wait when a different look come on you. You be like, oh man, something ain't right. But you want her to tell you, I love you, honey. So we need to be the same way. We always need to be the same way, no matter what. You know, I love you regardless of. You know, what you look like, dear, you know, God's put us together and we're going to finish. You know, me and Tracy finished in the race. There's no other way. There's no other way but to finish it together. You know, no matter, no matter what comes along, you know, what, what we look like, we're going to finish this together. And that's what you got to think about, Jim. Yeah. Yes, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I would say, too, we have to remember that we are the vessel of God. And to be healthy is to be mindful of other, others around you too. I'm not talking about being skinny and I'm not talking about an outward reflection. I'm talking about being healthy within ourselves. We do have to take care of ourselves physically and we do have to pay attention to who we are on the outside because there's a confidence when you take care of yourself on the outside. I would ask you, are you tired? Are you depressed? Are you going through something? Do you have a problem with food? Are you overeating for some reason or another? Is something going on in you? Do you need to go to the doctor, get a health problem? Look at it from a health perspective too and take that into account. I want to stay healthy because I don't want to bear a burden on my husband because I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. So let that just go a lot deeper than just a physical attraction or a physical expression. Take pride in who you are in a healthy way. Be confident in who you are because our body is a temple as pastor taught us. So what we put in here also, we have to think of spiritually, emotionally, and physically. That's great. And one of our pastors here, most, amen. Great. One of our pastors here had a heart episode, heart attack. Because he was healthy, it helped in the process of the fight. Mm. That'll preach all by itself. Come on. Yeah. So we're going to fight. You want to be healthy in that fight, mm-hmm. both spiritually and physically. Mm-hmm. So he, he did the exercise. He took care of himself mm-hmm. so that when it happened, his body was able to fight with him. Mm. So we want you to be able to fight physically and spiritually. That's good. Um, Tracy, this is directed um, to you, a comment you made. It says, you say this is not for people in abuse. What is a person to do after they leave and are safe? Yes, continue to pray for your spouse and yourself, but what guidance would you give someone that was in an abusive situation, Mm -hmm. left, but then still wants the marriage? This person's reading the book already. Right in the beginning, it says, it never fails when Daryl and I are talking about marriage or relationships. It never, ever fails to where we get 
severe situations and circumstances. Physical abuse all the way down to sexual abuse to where the children are being abused. Your first item right now is safety. You have got to get help and you need to be safe. And many times I don't, you're getting divorced and all that. No, no, no. First things first, you get safe. The second thing that this individual is asking, what do you do next? She's already, he or she or whoever has already made the move and they say they are safe. So if you are safe, you need counsel. You need counsel. This is going to take a lot of work. A lot of work. And you begin to work with individuals who specialize in this case. And you begin to rebuild yourself in Christ where you are going with Christ because your focus right now is not on the relationship. There's a lot of deep healing in you that has to be done. There's a lot of rebuilding in you as an individual, as a person that has to be done. Your children need to be safeguarded. They need help and hope. You need to allow God to restruct you from the inside out. Keep your focus on Jesus and your help, Jesus and your help, and let it go from there. This person's going to have to find their help in their own way. God shows up for everybody in one way, shape, or form. We just have to hold on to that help and that hope. I encourage you, begin to pray for yourself. Pray for that person, but release them and turn them over to God because the enemy is going to confuse you and keep you going back. Abuse is a sickness in and of itself. It's a stronghold in and of itself. There's a reason why you're staying, and it's a stronghold. And it's going to take a lot to get out. But she got out. You need help. You need hope. Take your focus off the relationship. Put it on God and counsel. Very good. Thanks so much. I'm going to combine two questions here. Now, the first part, can a marriage work when it may not have been God's will for you to be with that person from the beginning? Good question. Second part, and how do you know when it's time to walk away? Hmm. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, think, I think a marriage can work, even if it wasn't God's will at the beginning, because uh, a lot of times some of us have come together that way and then we fall in love with God and then we change inside. Mm -hmm. So it can work, you know. And I'm going to tell you guys this. I learned one thing. I learned one thing when I was, was playing ball and it, and it goes work for marriages too. I remember quitting in high school. I remember walk, running, running off the field and my coach and I walked halfway and he thumped me on the head, told me never walk off that field again. I took the uniform off and threw it in his face and quit my first year in high school. And I learned from there that I never, God taught me a valuable lesson from there that you never quit again. And I went on to play baseball and went on that, that year in, in 82, I almost quit in the minor leagues, but I realized that God told me don't ever quit again. And that's what I want to say for a marriage, you know, for a marriage, a marriage can work if you don't quit and give up on it before God does the miracle in it. It takes, two, it takes two to come to let God do the miracle. So if you don't quit, there's a miracle in there for you. If there's no physical abuse, this and that is going on, and, and you just got surface problems, because we all have them. Because believe me, I had a lot of junk in my trunk when I was with this woman. I don't know how she ended up dealing with me and keeping up with me, but she waited on me and didn't give up on me and didn't give up on the marriage. And look what it turned out to be. Eventually, I came along because she was with God. Maybe with just one, got to stay with God and got to see. I got to see the light through her that God was real. 
And that changed me and brought me to the back to the cross. And it changed everything about me. So quit. I mean, if you quit, you never know the journey that you, you may be able to go on as a couple together. If you quit, you never know the journey. But if you go through and you fight for your marriage, I tell you, have an urgency. Fight for your marriage. Your marriage is worth it. Mm-hmm. Too many of us are walking away from our marriages in the church. We might as well just go on and be like the world. Because they're going to walk away. That's, that's automatic when you see the chaotic celebrities on TV, marriages falling apart. Well, they couldn't stay together anyway. Why should we be like that and we've been changed and still be like the world? We should be different than them. So I just encourage you, don't, don't quit. There's a miracle. There's a miracle in your marriage. Don't give up. Don't quit. You probably say, I don't see it. Yeah, keep praying. Mm-hmm. Prayer is the answer to all supplication. Keep praying. Because she was praying for me. And look what happened. My life turned around because somebody, somebody was praying for me. So I'm just encouraging you know, on that, that, that part of your marriage. It's just don't give up. It can. It can be changed and transformed. That's good. And the will of God is the way of God. So you could have met not in the ways of God and think it's not the will of God. So when two people get on board and you start to operate in the way of God, now it becomes his will. Does that make sense? It kind of backwards. Once we get in the ways of God, it opens up the will of God. And now we are in the plan of God for our life. And that's how that works. But there are situations and I... um, wish we had a chance to go into a session on boundaries, but there are times when things get very damaging and destructive within a marriage to where the person who's believing is so weighed down, now you start to lose yourself. You're losing yourself and you're losing your footing. And the next thing that comes from someone who's being crushed by this burden is sin. That's why it's not okay for us to live in sin. That's why it's not okay to damage another life. The consequence of sin is so severe. And I'm not going to answer the base. There's no blanket answer. When is it time to walk away? You Godly counsel. You have got to be in the midst of godly counsel. And this has to be an ongoing conversation because there's no blanket answer to that. But there are times sometimes when someone has to move out and these two people have to work it out from a distance and you're praying and believing because your own will... Divorce is because the will of a person, it's not God's will. Our own will produces divorce and division when we don't do it God's way. And more of that situation plays out and reveals itself along the way. But it's not just a a panel question that you can answer and just say, okay, this is when it's enough. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. You have to be walking along with some people who are strong in the word of God and the will of God, who know boundaries, practical application, and have discernment to know when somebody is severely beaten down and severely done. And when that person is really done, you need to also recognize when the believing spouse needs some help and needs some lifting as well. Amen. I'm just sensing somebody in here. um, You're at the brink of divorce and you think God hasn't heard you. And you need to know divorce is not the end. There are people that have been divorced and then get remarried. Now, we don't want to have to do that as our pastor preaches. Don't live in a state of recovery. But I'm telling you, sometimes our faith will wane because we're at the lion's den. We're praying, God, don't let it happen. Don't let us go into the lion's den. Then we get in there and somehow our faith leaves. There is supernatural provision for every situation. 
And if you get into the lion's den, God will make those lions vegetarians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have good. to remember who one. you serve. <laughs> so don't let that be the end because now you're in the lion's den or you're in the fire. God, where are you? I'm right here with That's you. Right. Yeah. These right. lions will not eat you and this fire will not burn you. Yeah. Right. I just want you to be encouraged. There's somebody in Amen. here, you need to hear that. Mm -hmm. And you need to get encouraged and reconnect with your faith in who your God is. Amen. Right. Amen. Good word. How do you deal with a, a strong-willed wife who feels that she's um, right about everything and kind of dictates the marriage? Okay, oh, I don't know who that she one. is. <laughs> I'm delivered, though, y'all. I'm delivered. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Sister, we came Jesus. back free. I am not strong-willed. I'm not strong-mouthy. I don't have any I was all of that and some. Hey. I don't Jesus. know nothing. Hey, yo, wait, not wait. even when pastor's preaching do I know anything. You kind of you heard, wait, you, you so heard who answered it. Wait, 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 wait. Because she, she, she told me to answer this question. Yeah. I'm not going to answer. Yeah. I'm going to give it. Pastor Brett, would you help me? Yeah. Uh, I, now, I'm, I'm redeemed. Like this. You can answer the question now. Well, yeah, I've always put it like this. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> 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 when you're uh, healed, you can talk about it, y'all. You can talk on, about it. Come on. When it don't hurt no more, you can talk about That's it. That's true. It's so. true. <laughs> Come on. Right. Said, need something stronger to drink than that. Oh man. Hey, I I realized that I realized when you have you know have someone like that. And when you and I think, gentlemen, you gotta understand women, they love to talk. That's just their thing. I come to realize I come to that realization, that's just what they do. Yeah. And I finally had to get to that place with mine. When she was just talking, I just okay, I just turned my Turn my muff off and just listen. Just, <laughs> just hear it out and go on about my business. <laughs> I learned, I learned, I learned one thing there is you, I don't care who you are, I'm not going to win that battle. Because because women, they have to have the last say. You know, and I came to that place with Tracy, I just got used to get to that point. I just like, are you right? She's like, do you hear me? I said like, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I ain't gonna even battle with that no more. So I just, because <laughs> because why get my blood pressure up? <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> so I'm just giving you some encouraging in that, brothers. You know, don't get your blood pressure up. Just let them go ahead and win. <laughs> then go on the other side of the house and we're talking about how crazy he is to yourself. <laughs> She's crazy. I guess got to learn to live with it, you know? Get your husband. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's tired, Joe. <laughs> there be too many words. Don't too many him. words. I'm trying to help you. All the men in the I'm house are like, is it four o'clock yet? And I'll say all the men are like, when's everybody going to stop talking? Yeah. Just... Waking, you set us free. I'll, I'll speak to the woman in this situation. Um, you can tell I have a very strong personality. 
and um, I have that fighter personality in me. And my gift can be all of us. Our gift is our greatest enemy if it's not disciplined under the Holy Spirit. God dealt with me. Again, when you're in the Holy Spirit and you're with the Spirit of God, there's some questions in this book and a chapter. I asked my husband one day because the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me because he started to become unresponsive because that's what happens. We start to shut down because we don't want to feel the pain and we stop dealing. And I asked him, I said, give me three things, just three, not 10, because I'm a fixer. I want 110 and I want it done by Friday. Give me three things that are important to you. How can I love you? How do you need me to love you? He said, when I come home off the road, I don't want you to talk to me, not say one word to me for a whole day. I just want to sleep. Okay. I want you to stop throwing my past in my face because I can't grow. I'm not that man I used to be. And when I bring something to your attention, I need you to hear me. And I need you not to respond. I need you to hear me. And I need you to allow me to be heard, to be the leader of this house, and to take my rightful place. It's what you've been praying for. It's the man you want me to be. But I can't be him if you don't allow me to be that person. I was a single mom. I paid my bill. I don't need you to pay my bill. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. I can do. But see, that's some dealing that God had to do with me. I was too strong. Too strong. God had to deal with me in that prayer closet. You need each other. Otherwise, your girlfriend on the other line, she'll take him, right? Yep. When you strip a man of his authority, it's the worst thing you can do. Because men are loved by respect, and their authoritative position is how they show you that they love you. But we have to learn to recognize that, that that's the greatest part of them. And when you strip a man of that, that's a very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. So when the Lord came along and he dealt with me, with as strong as I am in my personality, the way you see it here, he's my greatest encourager. He lifts me up. But I know my place at home. I know my place as his wife in public. And I'm honored to be in that place. That's what makes us strong. That's what makes us strong. I'm honored to be submitted to a man of God who carries his family. I mean, who is the provider? Who carries? Who knows where to go and seek and lift it up? And if I keep stripping him of that and think I know it all, then I'm going to be by myself. And you're going to see such division in your marriage. Lift him up and let him be the head. And speaking as somebody that's delivered, hallelujah, I would invite you to look at why she's like that. What happened? For me, I grew up, much like our pastor, very segregated area. Our family were the Jeffersons. We moved on up to where the mayor lived. And I had to fight. I didn't want to fight. I had to fight. And that was my survival mechanism. So everything I got, I had to fight for it. Mm -hmm. So it became a habit. So when we got married... It was the same. That's how I survived. I fought for it. And I thought that's the way it was supposed to be. And when we fight, it feel, we, don't, we, we don't feel heard and we don't feel connected. So I would invite you to look at those areas of connection. Are you training her to respond to you like that? Are you hearing her heart, not just the words that are coming out of her mouth? 
And also, what is it that you're fighting about? What is it that she's so strong about? Because perhaps we need to unpack that area and figure it out. So what I had to learn, and I was brought up like that, you don't depend on a man, mm -hmm. you take care of yourself, mm -hmm. because that was the world's mindset. That's right. So my mother taught me to be a strong woman mm -hmm. so that I could never, or I never had to depend on a man to take care of me. But she didn't know any better. Now I know it wasn't me I was just supposed to, be, um, supposed to depend on, it was God. Mm -hmm. He takes care of me. And as I came into the realization of that, I think he'll testify without drinking water that I came back in. <laughs> <laughs> I started to grow and things started to change. <laughs> and I started to be more quiet. Now that's a miracle, y'all. <laughs> he would tell you that's a miracle. And so I got in a prayer closet, and the more I got in a prayer closet, the more I realized what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I had to shut up and let God speak. Mm -hmm. And then I came out of that prayer closet saying what God said. Mm -hmm. And you know, his word does not come back void. So I would invite you to get together, share, let's hear each other, and let's change so our nature is of God. Mm -hmm. I'm not emulating my mom. I'm not emulating I want to be the woman God has called me to be. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, let me come because I want to comment about my wife's response. And, um, you know, God, God doesn't make mistakes. He sends to you exactly who you need and when you need it. And the one thing that I've always admired about women in my life, I come from a single parent home. My mother raised five children. We're from the projects of Chicago. And my mother taught me what it was to be a strong woman. And I, I, I respected that. And then God gives me a strong woman as a wife. Hmm. She's only uh, a part of who I am as a man. So she's walking in her gifts. Now, she's gifted. And when you're young, you don't always use your gifts the right way. Mm -hmm. You don't always say things with the grace that you now say them. But you have to trust God in those moments. Yeah. And together, we don't, we don't war because of differences. Our differences are what makes us really special. God does that on purpose. Mm -hmm. And am I trusting God for my marriage or am I looking at the circumstances, whether it be me or whether it be my wife. Because those of you who know us, we work pretty well together as a couple. Mm -hmm. But that's all God. Yeah. And so the things that I see in her that I might not have liked 10 years ago, I'm so grateful for today. I'm so grateful for him today. I'm a better man because of her strength. Mm -hmm. I'm a better man because she has passion. Not only for me, for our kids, but for each of you. She has passion in ministry. Mm -hmm. She has compassion, which is what we all love about her. So those things that the enemy would call bad, look to God. Look to what God's word says and trust him in those moments. And he'll turn what seems very, very difficult into something that's very, very good mm -hmm. and for his glory. Good word. Good word. Amen. Okay, we have 13 seconds. We're going to ask you one real quick. How do you ensure that your spouse 
um, wants children before you get married, and what happens if they change their mind after you're married? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, I don't know. I ain't <laughs> trying to have no kids no more. <laughs> <laughs> and some of you here ain't trying to have kids no more. <laughs> That's a very serious question and a heavy one. Yeah. It's not the right time. It's not fair to that child. It's not fair to the two people. There's a major disconnect. You're talking about bringing in, bringing a life, a life and I learned this the hard way because I didn't respect the lives that were given to me. And when one person desires that so much, there's a natural gravitation to naturally love this decision of life together. And if this person is not ready, you're talking about a life at stake here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not ready. And that may have to be a serious sacrifice that you have to learn to walk through. But I would say right now is definitely not the time because it's not fair to bring a child into this world that's not going to be loved the way they should. That's gonna, there's going to be a fight there because there is no guarantee that when that child is born that a natural love is going to be produced in lieu of a resentment because I've seen it go both ways. Wow. It's not the right time. Yeah. Amen. Can we thank God? Oh, sir. Amen. Tracy is exactly right. It's not the right time for that couple to have a child. But whoever is the one who is reluctant to have children, um, you need help. You need ministry because God ordained marriage in such a way as that it was to be the primary vehicle through which children were born. Produce godly children. And let, let, me, let me read a passage that all of you have heard but heard only in our Western mindset. And for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That's in Genesis. Mm -hmm. It's also in Ephesians. Our Western mindset, which is fairly focused on our own individual fulfillment, looked at that as, oh, when they become one, it means that they're married and they can now be intimate with one another. The Hebrew mindset heard it like this. And those two will make one flesh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The reason you left your mommy and daddy is to cleave to this person to produce another human being. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what, that's now. The other part about us becoming one mm -hmm. and the intimacy that we have is beautiful. It shouldn't be denied, nor should it be neglected. But the reason you were brought together as equal, equal importance, Mm -hmm. is to produce a human being. Amen. Because God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful. First thing he said, be fruitful and multiply. Right. So, you don't have to be Brett and Cynthia. <laughs> Everybody say, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> like in Pentecostal in here with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't want to do what God created you to do when he thought about making you for that person, Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Please get help because you're not in the will of God if you can't produce that. Now, if you have issues and you want to, we pray for you and believe because barrenness is something that needs to be overcome and God can do miracles. I get that. Mm -hmm. There's adoption, a lot of things. But if yeah. you just have something on the inside of you that doesn't want to go there, 
please get help. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. Amen.